Before we can get started, let's all stand. We'll have a word of prayer and then we'll get started with the service. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence again today, God, we want to thank you. God, for your goodness and for your mercy. God, we thank you, God, for the rain this morning. God, we thank you for it, God. And uh, God, I pray, God, that you just meet with us in this service, God. You know what we need. God, I pray, God, that you just uh, be with the choir, God, as we sing, be with the congregation. Lord, I pray, God, for the man of God as he comes up to preach for us this morning. God, that he, you just fill him with your spirit. God, I pray, God, most of all, God, if there's one here that's not saved, God, that that day would be the day, God, that they come to know you as their Savior. Lord, we pray, God, that everything that's done in this service, God, be done, God, for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Page 346.
see everybody out this morning hope everybody having a, a great morning even though it's raining uh have the lord in your heart you're having a great morning i guarantee it just a real quick reminder uh june 21st we're going to have a movie night for the uh, youth group uh out in the fellowship hall it's going to start at uh, 6 45 uh we're just going to have snacks that kind of thing got to sugar them up a little bit before we send them home uh but we're going to have a good time uh july the 9th got homecoming uh, please be here for that. Got Gold City coming in. Uh, so uh, please don't miss that. Uh, July the 22nd, uh, we're going to have a uh, back to school bash. It's going to be on a Saturday. Uh, just remember that. We're going to have that uh, before we start Crusaders up again, before everybody has to go back to school. We're going to have a good time. And uh, July the 23rd, uh, Mackenzie Woods baby shower. So uh, please keep that in mind. All right, thank you all.
Brother Cody Miller with us this morning. Y'all pray for him as he brings the message to us. What good singing that was this morning. Well, I'm going to tell you. The Lord is here this morning. As I sat on that front pew right there as the choir was singing, I'm going to tell y'all, choir, thank y'all. Thank y'all for that. That really blessed my soul. I needed that more than, more than I can even explain. I'd just like to thank God this morning before we, even get, uh, before we do any formalities, before we do anything. I'd just like to thank God for saving me. And I'm thankful that every now and then He'll just come sit in my lap and remind me of all the things that He's done for me and all the things that He's brought me from and all the things that He's kept me away from and all the things that He's let me go through. Uh, and I tell you, He just settled down with me for just a minute over there. And I just want to publicly thank Him for being my God uh, and thank Him for dying on the cross for my sins uh, and loving me in spite of who I was going to be one day and in spite of what I might do tomorrow. I thank God for a God that loves me. And I, I'm here to tell you this morning, if you don't know Him, you can know Him today. Man, that was some good singing. Miss Megan, that was beautiful too, as always. Uh, thank y'all for uh, having us. My name's Brother Cody Miller. If you don't know me, you will know me here shortly. Uh, it is an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, I don't take it lightly to stand behind this desk. I, I am honored. I really am. If you got your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Uh We'll start in verse 1, but before we begin, <coughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Most kind and gracious, Heavenly Father God, Lord, we thank you this morning for all that you do. And God, I just want to thank you for reminding me this morning, Lord, that you love me. And reminding me, God, that all that you've done for me throughout the years of my life, God, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for, thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. Lord, I thank you for this church, for these people. God, I pray that you uh, fill us this morning. Give us exactly what we need. Help me to help these people. Uh, God, I pray you give me every word that I'm supposed to say. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, I thank you for all that you do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Again, it is, it is an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, <coughs> y'all forgive me. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God, with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom, ye, whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, uh, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer, making request if by any means now at length I might have <coughs> a prosperous journey by the will of God come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I would, have, now I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but I was, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles." Verse 14, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, I want to look at three simple things this morning. You can... 
We could spend a lifetime in the book of Romans. There's so much in there, so much we could study, so much we could preach about and talk about. But I want to look at three simple things this morning. Uh, we hear this, uh, this chapter one, this is Paul's greeting here uh, uh, in the book of Romans. And uh, there's a lot that we could say about Brother Paul here. We could talk about uh, his great missionary journey, and I think that that would be a good thing. We could talk about his apostleship, and I think that that would be a good thing. We could talk about all the things that he's done and all the things that God done for him. We could talk about him being on the road to Damascus this morning uh, and how God saved his soul that day. Uh, and that would be a good thing. Uh, but I want to look at three things. The first thing that we notice in chapter one, before he called himself an apostle, before he claimed that he was separated under the gospel, he called himself first a servant. A servant of Jesus Christ. And man, I tell you, uh, the fact that him being a servant would be more than being an apostle. And not that any of those things are not important. I, I thank God for men of God. And I thank God for uh, the fact that we can live a separated life to this King James Bible. And all those things are good. Uh, but I'm afraid in the Christian world, the, the world that we live in as Christians today, we forget the most important thing sometimes is that we're to be servants Servants of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to look at some things about a servant this morning. Uh, again, his apostleship is great and all these things are good. But I'm afraid sometimes we get so stuck on titles. On titles. I, I, I've been there before myself. And we forget about the most important things. And we get ourselves wrapped up in what it is that we're called and, and, and all these things. Now, don't misunderstand me. We know that the Bible says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. That's, that was from Jesus' mouth. Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, and I believe that God, and that's exactly what God wants us to do. It's what his word says. Uh, but we've got today in the world that we live in, we've got people that are... Quote unquote preaching uh, uh, the quote unquote gospel uh, and giving false hope to people uh, and, and, and damning people to a devil's hell uh, because they have forgotten what it is and who it is that called them to preach. Uh, and they're preaching prosperity and they're preaching all these. You can help yourself and you can do all these things. Send your money to me and do all, all that stuff that you hear in the world that we live in. But if they would just remember that they're a servant. What does it mean to be a servant? What does it mean to be a servant? Not only, not only do we see that, but he also said that he was, he was separated under the gospel of God. Now look, I'm going to tell you, I, I, living a separated lifestyle is w one of the missing links to a lot of people's Christianity. But there's a problem. I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. There's a problem when that separated lifestyle begins to be more important than serving Jesus himself. You ever been around people that all they are, that's all that they are. They're set. They're so separated that they can't even help nobody on, on, the, through this wicked world that we live in. We've, we've, there's a site, there's a ditch on both sides of the road. We'll find ourselves so high and mighty sometimes that we don't want to stoop down to help somebody else over there. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The Bible says to come out from among the world and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. What communion hath light with darkness. And that's the word of God. And we ought to be different people. And there ought to be something different about us than what's in the world. God called us to be separated unto him. But the key word is there being separated unto him. Not, if you're not separated unto Jesus, you just dress funny. That's, that's all that the world sees. You got to remember Jesus. You got to put Jesus in there. We're servants of Christ. Yeah. Wrote down the definition here of what a servant. A servant is to keep or hold properly one that waits. That is stops, holds, attends, or one that is bound. Is a person, a male or female, that attends another for the purpose of performing menial offices for him. Or who is employed by another for such offices or for other labor and is subject to his command. The, world, the word is 
relates to a, a, a servant and a master. But I'll say this, it was mentioned in the Sunday school class this morning. There's a difference in being a servant and being a slave. The brother said this morning when we, we were talking in the Sunday school, aren't you glad God didn't just make us robots? Aren't you glad that we're not just walking around, well, praise Jesus, hallelujah, that, and saying all the right things. I'm afraid that we've got so programmed uh, and we try so hard to do these things that we forget. We leave out the aspect of a relationship with Christ Jesus. Uh, and if we're a servant to Jesus, then we have a right relationship with Jesus. Don't forget who called you. Don't forget who sent you. Don't forget all those things. Here's a mouthful right here. Every slave is a servant, but every servant is not a slave. Think about that for a little while. <coughs> it was Saul's first words after being saved. Lord, what will thou have me to do? How long has it been since we asked God what it is that he wants us to do in our life? Well, Brother Cody, I already know what I'm supposed to do. God called me to preach. That's good. Well, God called me to pastor. That's good. God called me to be a missionary. That's good. God called me to play the piano. That's good. God did all. God told me what to do. I already know what I'm supposed to do. But I'm going to tell you something, Christian friend. Uh, one thing that I've learned over these years, when God will call you to do certain things. God has specific jobs for specific people. I'll be able to reach people you don't, you'll never be able to reach. You'll be able to reach people I'm not able to reach. But just as we're supposed to die daily to our own flesh, I believe we're supposed to go to the Lord in prayer daily. And them old men of God, you hear stories of back in the day, they would wake up, God, where do you want me to go this morning? Sit in their car and pray where God would send them, uh, that God might send them to some lost soul or might send them to a church or a hospital. Uh, how often do we ask God what he wants us to do? I understand I'm called to preach, but I'm going to tell you, God's got more than one thing. He doesn't just call us to do something uh, and leave us alone for the rest of eternity. It's not how it works. If we'll remember that we're to serve him, if we'll serve him, he'll give you something to do, I promise. Well, look at Paul. I mean, look at all the different churches that Paul preached to, all the places that he went to. Aren't you glad that when God saved him and told him what to do, he didn't just do it that one time and stop? Well, the New Testament would be a whole lot shorter. We wouldn't have near as much to preach on. Thank God that he listened to God. But I believe that he asked God what he wanted him to do. Lord, who do you want me to witness to today? Where do you want me to go today? What do you want me to read today? Lord, I want to do your will today. I promise he'll tell you. Now, I'll say this. Sometimes it might not be what you wanted to hear. God ever told you to do something you didn't want to do? <laughs> if you hadn't, ask me about it later. I got plenty of stories that I can give you. You say, what do you mean? I mean... We struggle. We have all, we, we're, we're so good as Christians about having our, we have our doctrine right. And thank God, thank God for doctrine. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the rules and regulations and the way that he gives us to live our life. And if you live by those, you will live a much happier life than if you don't. And I'm not discrediting any of that. But we get so wrapped up in those formalities that, what about the people pumping gas next to you that are on their way to hell? Can't even hand out a gospel track anymore. It's sad. It's a sad thing. And he'll, t he'll tell you what to do. A servant over anything else. Secondly, as we read on, as we read on, the second thing I want to look at that, that Paul was, we see that he was a servant. But in verse 14, he says, I am a debtor. Paul was indebted to preach to them and give them the same opportunity. He was indebted to sinners because he was a sinner before when, when God saved him. Church, we are, if, if you've been saved by the grace of God, it is, it is the least that we can do. The least that we can do. We owe it to God. We owe him everything. We can never repay him for what he done for us on the cross. Oh, but we should at least be indebted to tell people what God done for us so that they can have the same salvation that we had. Uh, Paul was a debtor, he said, to the Greek and, and to the barbarians. Uh, uh, can I say that I'm a debtor this morning? 
If you have a mortgage this morning, you're in debt. <laughs> it's not funny. I didn't laugh at it either. I don't like having a mortgage. <laughs> Miss Brooke wouldn't let us move in a camper, so we, we have a house payment. But I'm a debtor. I'm a, what are we a debtor to? Well, I'm a debtor to Jesus Christ. I'm a debtor just like Paul was, but I'm a debtor to more than that. Thank opportunities that God's given me. Can I say that I'm a debtor to some men of God? I'm a debtor to some people that chose to serve Jesus, that chose to be a servant. And because they followed the will of God and because they done what they were supposed to do and were obedient to him and, and served him to the fullest, uh, I got to hear about Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm a debtor to some men of God that paved the way and preached the trails before us uh, and made it to where we could even have service like this this morning. I'm a debtor somewhere. Somewhere in the early 90s, hey, I'm a debtor to some old men of God. Whoo, y'all just bear with me this morning. I'm a debtor this morning. I'm a debtor somewhere in the early 90s. God sent Brother Sammy Allen to Harmony Street Baptist Church. And in the camp meeting that Brother Sammy was preaching, uh, my dad got saved. My mom rededicated her life to the Lord. And because Brother Sammy followed the will of God, then there was some outcome of his obedience. And because of that, my parents got in church. My parents took me to church where I heard the gospel preached, where I heard about Holy Ghost conviction, where I heard about salvation, where I heard that Jesus was the only way. I'm a debtor to some old men of God. And if you're saved by the grace of God this morning, I believe that the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which means at some point you heard the preached word of God and somebody preached it because they were serving the Lord and were indebted to those people. I'm indebted to a mom and daddy that saw fit to pull me out of public school in the third grade and put me in a Christian school. Oh, thank God I'm a debtor this morning. Hey, I'm a debtor this morning. You ought to be thankful if somebody done something like that for you. Uh, I could have been, I could, you could have been born in a third world country, uh, eating a cricket on a stick somewhere in a teepee out in the middle of the jungle somewhere. Uh, but God lets you be born in America and lets you be under sound preaching and lets you be in a good Baptist church this morning where the gospel is preached. Uh, and God gave you opportunity after opportunity. But somebody was serving God. I'm a debtor to some men of God. What about those ones that was martyred for this King James Bible this morning? Hey, people was beheaded. People was bold. People was fed the lines. People was all, the, I mean, tortured in horrendous ways for standing on the truths of this Bible so that it could be in our homes and then we could leave it on the dash of our car and so that we could uh, forget it in a hotel room. Uh, ask me about it later. So we could do all these different things in our life. Uh, and God's made it easy for us because somebody was serving him. We're indebted to some people. But most of all, I'm indebted to Jesus Christ. I was in church my whole life, brother. 2009, I got out of I got out of church and I was graduated and I had a better way of doing things, brother Brandon. I, I had it all figured out in my head. I, I knew better than any teacher, any preacher. I knew better than a mom and a dad. I knew better than I knew better. I thought I knew better than the Bible itself. And I got out in the world and I found myself in the hog pens of life. And in that, I found myself in a sick, sad condition. But on Tuesday night in 2009, somewhere in August 24, 2009, we got invited to go to church. Me and Miss Brooke weren't married yet. We were just, we were dating. Got invited to go to Victory Baptist Church in Gainesville, Georgia. Never been there. Knew nothing about it. Never, didn't know who pastored there. I just knew you turned between Target and Lowe's and it was a little church right up there. I didn't want to go. I, hey, I had it figured out. Like I said, I, 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 I was good. You see, the devil had done sold me a bill of a false profession. When I was 10 years old, I was living a lie. I thought I was okay. And somebody invited me to church. And on a Tuesday night in Gainesville, Georgia. <laughs> Thank God. 
Woo! Y'all just bear with me this morning. I'm just glad for all that God's done in my life. Uh, and on a Tuesday night, Brother Mark Stroud was running that revival. Uh, it's crazy how God lets full circle happen. Brother Mark was the youth pastor at the church I grew up in. Hadn't seen him in years. We showed up to this church. He was running revival. Uh, me and Miss Brooke was sitting uh, probably two rows from the back. Right about where uh, you're at, Brother Eddie. We sat there. And I sat on the very end. And about 20 minutes into the sermon, Brother Mark was preaching on hell. Preaching on people denying the things of God. Denying salvation. And walking out lost and undone. And, and missing their opportunity to be saved. And I remember sitting there. Miss Brooke looked at me. She said, what is wrong with you? I said, I'm fine. She said, are you okay? Apparently my heart was beating loud enough for the people next door to hear. My hands were sweating into a pool of goo in the floor. And my heart was somewhere in my throat. And she said, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm fixing to die and go to hell if I don't get saved. And I found myself slide down that pew right there, come down the right, come down this side, found myself in the altar. And before my knees hit the floor, I said, God, I'm sorry. Would you save me? And I'm here to report to you this morning that on August 24, 2009, when I said, God, I'm sorry, would you save me? He moved inside of my soul and he knocked all the hell out of the way and he knocked all the wickedness out of the way and he put his arms of love around me because he come way back then and died on that cross for my sins that I was going to do in the future. You know what the coolest thing about that is? Well, other than me not having to go to hell. That's pretty cool. But when he died on that cross, he knew who I was going to be. He knew where I was going to fail him. He died that I might be saved. Y'all have noticed that word? That I might. That means he died on the cross knowing that I had a free will to have said no. But he died anyways. And he shed his blood on that cross. Can I say I'm a debtor this morning? <coughs> I'm a debtor to Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God. Thank God we live in a we live in a country where we, can, where we can hear the preached word of God. We don't have to be in an underground bunker somewhere in fear of our life. We don't have to worry about being sent to prison. We don't have to worry about being beheaded. Not yet anyways. But I'm a debtor to Jesus Christ. It says I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He was a servant. He was a debtor. He was not ashamed. Paul wasn't ashamed to live by it. He wasn't ashamed of who it was written about. You can tell if you've ever read the rest of chapter 1 that he wasn't ashamed to preach it. He gets pretty rough in the rest of that chapter. And we've spent, that's a sermon for another day. But Paul was not ashamed. Are we? So, Brother Cody, of course I'm not ashamed. I'm a Christian. I've been saved. I go to church. I, I'm a member of, of a great church. I have a great church. But in the world and the day that we live in, just as Paul did, I'm afraid to tell you that we all have flesh, right? God saved our soul, right? But our flesh is still wicked. You say, where, where are you going with that, Brother Cody? Our flesh don't like the gospel. Our flesh gets embarrassed. Y'all know that feeling whenever, whenever God tells you to do something or... I don't know, maybe you're asked to sing a song or, or you ever got, oh man, I don't want to. I can't sing that good. I'm embarrassed to go stand up there and all this. And I mean, we have every excuse in the world. What is that? That's our flesh not liking the gospel. It's just, it's just the fact of the matter. In the world that we live in, 
this Bible, this gospel, it's mocked by our school systems. It's mocked by the government that is over us. It is mocked by, I mean, it, it's mocked by every store in Gainesville. It's mocked by every billboard. It's mocked, I mean, it, it's mocked. It's a joke to the rest of the world. The world, y'all didn't know it. The world thinks we're crazy. Some of us are. I've been accused of it before. Some, I know some of y'all are too. But our flesh don't like that. Our flesh don't want no part of it. Our flesh gets embarrassed. So that's why we gotta, that's why we gotta crucify our flesh every single day that we wake up. Uh, and uh, we're, we're labeled as lunatics and delusional. And my favorite, we're non-tolerant. We're all these different things. But uh, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times where I, I don't want to do stuff either. You say, Brother Cody, you're a God-called preacher. I said that about the gas station pumps. You ever been at a gas station? And God say, go over there and ask that man if he's going to heaven or hell. Well, Lord, it's not real good timing. I mean, I know you're the Lord and everything, but, you know, I, I got... I don't know if it's the right time, and I don't want to, my favorite term, you know, we might push them further away than get them any closer. Y'all have been guilty of thinking that? Yeah, I know. Me too. Talk about all them people that was martyred. We can't even hand the gospel track out. Why? Because our flesh don't like it. I'll give y'all a story. I was working. I was working in Florida. I don't remember where out in Florida, but Brother Chris had sent me away to slave in the fields. Chris is my boss. Y'all can laugh at that. Chris, Chris sent me to Florida. No, I'm just kidding. I was down there working. And me and the guy that was working with me went to a Home Depot. Had to get supplies. There's always one more thing that you need if you've ever worked any kind of construction at all. We had to go to Home Depot, get some supplies, and we needed one tool. And if you've ever been to Home Depot, which I'm sure you all have, if you want the good drill, you got to sit there and wait for somebody to bring a key. The person that you ask don't know where the key is, so they have to go find their manager. And the next thing you know, you've done been in the Home Depot for an hour just to get one tool out of the cage. I know, I'm still bitter about it. But I sat there, and there was, a, there was an older man that was waiting on something too, so we just decided, you know, we'd, we'd get the same guy to help both of us. We're sitting there having a good time. We're just talking back and forth, trying to get stuff, get back to the job. And God says, I mean, as plain as I'm talking to you, God said, ask that man if he knows the Lord as, as his Savior. Well, my flesh went, Lord, I mean, we're at Home Depot. He said, Brother Cody, you're a God-called preacher. Just be honest with me this morning. I'm sure you've been in this predicament. And I said, Lord, that man's... I mean, he's at least 102. I mean, he's for sure heard the gospel at some point. I mean, he probably knows more than I do. And I sat there and I wrestled. The whole time we was waiting, I mean, I was just miserable sitting there arguing with the Lord. My flesh didn't want to do it. And I bowed down to the flesh that day. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't witness to him. We stood there and stood there. Man finally came, employee gave us the tool that we needed, and I was about to turn around and about to turn around and go to the register. And right about that time, I heard that little old man say, he goes, hey boys. He said, before you leave, he said, do you know where you're going when you die? He said, do you know Jesus? Boy, you talk about being ashamed. God told me right then and there, he said, if you're not going to do it, I'll have somebody else do it. I don't need you. I'm choosing to use you. It's a privilege for me to use you. And if you don't serve me, then I'll get somebody else to do it. And you say, Brother Cody, that's crazy. How do you think I felt? Man, called to preach. God told me to witness to somebody. And that man ended up witnessing to me. That man don't know it. He'll never know it. And when in heaven, he will because I'm going to find him. He preached more to me that day than I've ever been preached to in my entire life. How about it? Are you ashamed of the gospel this morning? It don't even sound fun to ask the question, does it? But we really look at the reality of it. And we look at how, how, how serious these things are. The Bible says, Bible says in Philippians, you don't have to flip there, I'm just going to read. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 18 says, What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. 
for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Well, I'm glad somebody was bold enough to tell me I was on my way to hell. Uh, I, I, can, I can go back and think of every, every, a lot of services that I've been in, and I, I can think of God helping me in so many different instances. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, it's the times where men were bold and where men were not ashamed, uh, and when men told me the truth and didn't sugarcoat it and uh, didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, but told me what I didn't want to hear, and they were bold. And, uh, and the impact that it had on my life, uh, I can take you to two, three, four, five different sermons in my life that were turning points in my Christian walk. Uh, me and Miss Brooke were going through some issues, uh, not in our marriage, but just, uh, just things that we were having to deal with uh, and trials and tribulations that had come our way. Uh, and we had struggled and struggled and struggled. Uh, and somebody, uh, Brother Chris Hewitt, came and preached one night at our church uh, and he preached boldly and he preached unashamed uh, and unapologetically. Unapolog uh, and he looked and he told me, he said, every problem that you have is a prayer problem. So what would you mean he was bold? He told me I wasn't praying like I was supposed to be. If I was, I wouldn't be having the issue that I was having. He said, that's hard to say, but it's what I needed to hear. Brother Stacy Piercy preached the last night of our camp meeting two years ago. I mean, I'm talking, you ever just been in a good camp meeting service where you could have just said gravy and biscuits and people start shouting? I mean, it didn't matter. Spirit was there. It was good stuff. Boy, it's Friday night, the last night of the week. I figured we was going to shout it out. We was going to have a good time. I was ready, Miss Megan. I was going to run a lap whether I needed to or not. I mean, I was, I was pumped up and ready. But boldly, Brother Stacy preached that night. He said, don't get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. He said, Brother Cody, what was you caught doing? I wasn't caught doing nothing, but I was struggling in areas of my life. And because somebody boldly told me the word of God, it wasn't ashamed of what it said. I had revival in my soul that week. Paul wasn't ashamed. Are you? There's been a lot of men and a lot of women that stood boldly, were not ashamed, just so that we could hear about Jesus. Paul was a servant. Paul was a debtor. Paul was not ashamed. Miss Megan, do you think you come to the piano? I said, Brother Cody, that's awful short and sweet. I want to follow God this morning. Paul was a servant. Are you? Paul was a debtor. I think every single one of us, if we'd look back in the recesses of our mind, you think of an old man of God, think of a Sunday school teacher, think of somebody that went out of their way so that you could hear about Jesus. Think of somebody that took time out of their time at home, found themselves in a prayer closet on their knees begging God on your behalf. I think we've got some people that we're indebted to. Paul was a debtor. Paul wasn't ashamed. How about you this morning? These altars are open. The help that you need is right down here. Maybe you just want to come thank him for somebody, for that Sunday school teacher. Maybe you had a grandma that prayed for you. Maybe you had a preacher that knocked on your door one day and told you how to be saved. Maybe somebody handed you a gospel track at a gas station one time. Maybe you just want to come down and thank God this morning. I just want to publicly thank God for all he's done for me. For saving somebody as sorry as I was. Maybe this morning you're here and you ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. I get that a lot. You say, Brother Cody, I don't understand. I don't understand all this. Maybe this morning you just need to get saved. 
you have trouble with serving, maybe you've just never, never known. I don't know where Brother Brady is. I heard that he got saved. There he's up there. Is it easier to serve him now that you're saved, brother? Makes a lot more sense, don't it? It's a whole lot easier. You say, Brother Cody, I've been in church my whole life. I've heard the same Bible you're preaching. I, I thought I got saved at 10 years old. 9-11 had just happened. I knew for sure. I just knew for sure that an airplane was going to fall out of the sky and hit my house on Sardis Road and I was going to die and go to hell. Went into my mom's bedroom. My dad worked third shift. I said, Mom, I said, I think I need to get saved. Now, I just had two cousins get saved the week before that. So my curiosity was sparked. Mom said, she said, I can't pray for you. She said, but I can pray with you. And there's something about the comforting words of a mother. I thank God that my mom even prayed with me that night. And I mean, she didn't do nothing wrong. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But as I heard those comforting words of my mom, I just kind of sat there with my eyes closed. I didn't ask God to save me. Before I knew it, I'd done been baptized in front of a whole church. Tried to serve him for a little bit. Witness to people as a lost man. Dad, you remember we pulled over on the side of the road, going up Clark's Bridge. There was a girl that I went to school with that I, she had told me she'd never been saved. You pulled over in the ditch that night. We got down and we prayed. She got saved. Witnessed to somebody. Prayed for somebody. Got saved. But I was lost. Maybe you just need to be saved this morning. Paul was a servant. Are you? Paul was a debtor. Are you? Paul wasn't ashamed. Are you? Paul was saved. Are you? These altars are open.